This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. It's hey. the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Uh huh, uh huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Hey. Yo. We in here. We are here. It is the All Love, Love no, no Fear Podcast. Fear podcast. I didn't know which tempo we were going with. I feel like we got to talk about this before we start. We got it in pre-production, um, which is really not a real thing for us here. Um, we don't really do a lot of pre-prod. What, 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 where would you like me to go? I don't know. It's just it, like your lines are real low. It was The levels are low. Oh, well, come on, sound man. Fix it. I'm trying to. Jeez. Um, yes, but uh, we got to we gotta talk about the intros because I always be thinking that you're going to go one way with the song intro and then it'd be something else. And I'm just like, oh, that's not what I saw at all. Yeah. That's not what I saw at all, but we're going to work on it. Um, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us for season three, episode six of the All Love No Fear podcast with myself, KB, your wonderful co-host, accompanied by... Co-host Mark Metapo, Weddick Bennett. Yeah, we're in here. It's going down. Um, happy Labor Day weekend to everybody. Um, by the time this comes out, it'll be... After Labor Day After weekend. Labor Day, but we hope you had a good Labor Day weekend. Um... Rest in peace to the Parkway. Um, R.I.P. You know, my heart is broken um, because, you know, I haven't been on the Parkway in a little while because, you know, last time I was down there, I think I almost got trampled behind the truck and I didn't I didn't really enjoy that feeling. But it's just exciting to know that um, it is a celebration of West Indian culture happening here in the United States for those of us who can't always get home. Or go to Carabana. Especially now when you, you can't go home. Right. To Carabana. Like Crop Over was canceled. Yeah. Carabana was canceled. Like everything's canceled. And I was like, oh, but like maybe by September we can at least nah. get Eastern Parkway. And shut Corona that, said no. Shut that down. Corona said you can't have that. That's canceled. After I saw what was happening in June, I was like, we never getting out of this. Right. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I, come June, on. I was like, I was like, twenty twenty one, let's go. Cause I'm like, hmm. when I saw June we were still wilding, I was like, nah, twenty twenty one. I'm like, guys, what's happening? Uh, like, why won't people just wear their masks so I can have Labor Day? Nope. <sighs> it's very upsetting. But shout out to... Did you see that 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 um that nonsense, Nancy Pelosi? What Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi did? No, so... <laughs> Is she wearing island flags now? No. Like, they wore the kente cloth a couple months ago? Like, what's happening? So, um, I guess she went to get her hair done. Okay. Um, And I guess... um. The person who owns the shop, I guess, didn't like, didn't, was not a supporter of Nancy Pelosi. Okay. So they decided to send the video of her in the, in the getting a hair done without a mask on. Okay. To the news company. Oh, I did hear about yeah. that. Okay. And it was like, Nancy Pelosi is not wearing a mask and she's telling us to. Nonsense. 
I'm like, you should probably still wear your mask also. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Nancy, why you why why you letting people catch you out here slipping? Yeah. You've been at this for way too long to be caught slipping like this. Like, what you, is you know, doing, sis? But also, that, like... Just you, and just you, because Nancy Pelosi is not wearing a mask doesn't mean that you suddenly have liberty to not wear one. If that lady want to risk her life, that's her business. You should still wear a mask. Yeah. Like, businesses, you, you probably still should wear your mask. And actually, y'all are out of order for letting her sit in there without one. So you, you over here telling on yourself and making yourself look crazy. Because as a business owner that was closed down for a while when this pandemic first started, part of reopening, the understanding was that you were going to follow CDC uh, procedures when it comes to um, making sure that yourself and your clientele is safe. So why are you servicing a client who ain't wearing a mask? Right. You should have told her to put that mask on and get on out. Yeah. But like, and also, I, I also understand that there are like a lot of factors with stuff like that. Like, she probably spoke to the people who are doing it. Did they get tested? Like it, it's very, it's a lot of facts. It's, it's not always the same. I'm not saying I'm not justifying it. Everybody's wrong. Yeah. Every everybody in the situation is wrong in some in some aspects. Yeah. You 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 out here just and she was like and she and of course the person who the business owner is crying. That people are attacking me, saying I'm doing it for political reasons. That you were doing for political reasons. That's yeah. That's what, that's what it was. Because nobody asked for this. Yeah, literally, no one said. I wonder what Nancy Pelosi's doing down in that hair salon. No yeah. one said that. You, you not said one person. You decided to promote to do that for a reason, for political reasons. Yes, like Cardi and Offset said, people do anything for clout. Yeah, do and also for clout. Stop crying, people. Because I don't it's, care. It's, it's annoying. There's, there's, <laughs> there's someone out there who cares. Stop crying for nonsense. I'm not the person. So please, please stop. Please, All I right. appreciate you. But let's get right into we it. We beg. Um. So uh, thank you to our listeners uh, on the various platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple, Google Play, Podcasts, uh, I, uh, whoops, iHeart, Podbean, Himalayas. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. But all the people who listen in all the places on our website, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, follow us on the socials, All Love No Fair PCast on Instagram, All Love No Fair P1. Yeah, on, on Twitter. Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Um, and then our email, if you want to give us some thoughts, all love no fear, pcast at gmail.com. Uh, we out here. And we want to hear from you. You, we say you. You. Word, 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 word. Word. All right. Um, that's cool. That was that was very dry. Very yeah. Dry. Very, <laughs> very, very dry. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, we, we can get right to it. Love it. <laughs> Or, or lose it, it. love, love it. it, or lose it. it. Hey, hey, love it, love it, love it. Hey, hey. It. You really have got to work on these songs. We are nah, never on I, th- I think, I think the uh, the rawness of it is attractive. Podcast uh. Mark does the most. Okay, <laughs> there's regular Mark, and then there's podcast Mark. I told you, it's the it's the microphone. Podcast Mark is the corniest human being I have ever it's, encountered. It's the microphone in my black life. It's the microphone. Something. Something happens when I have a microphone. Something happens when you get the microphone. You'll be wilded. But it's, but it's me as well. All well, day. Like the microphone. Not you, but me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not wilding. I'm making up songs, as singers do. Okay. And what about it? That is fine. And what about it? What about right. it? So, Love It or Lose It, you usually have four different choices. Mm-hmm. 
One person usually knows it, the other people do not. And you have to choose between choices, one that you're going to hold on to, love it, hold on to, never let go, everything that comes with it, and one you will lose, everything that comes with it. And what I'm going to do is choose four hip-hop subgenres. Okay. All right. You would choose something like this? Huh? You would choose something like this? Subgenres, yes. And the subgenres in question are... Trap. Okay. Drill. Okay. Crunk. Okay. And snap music. Okay. Can you give me examples of crunk and snap? Uh, snap music is... Shake that laughing, daffy. Okay. That laughing, daffy. There's mad snaps in music. Okay, gotcha. Crunk is Little John and the East Side Boys. Gotcha. Got it. Okay, just wanted to make sure that I... Just wanted to make sure that I was uh, understanding what it what it was. Because that's what I thought, but I just wanted to be clear. Trap is Jeezy, Ross. Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. T.I. The Migos. Migos is not trap. Migos is not trap. There's nowhere around that they're trap. You can't tell me they're trap. They are. What would you... They are. They are. This trap I they, don't like. they were mentored by Gucci. They are. This, this trap I don't like. We'll say that. That's fine. All right. So you said trap, <laughs> drill, snap, and crunk. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to. I I, I feel like I feel like it's a it's a Gucci um, Migos. I think is a subgenre of trap. It's like that mumble rap. That's why I said that. No, it's not mumble. I understand the Migos. That future, I can't understand. Um, oof, that is, that I, is. I, I haven't understood Migos I don't understand a lot of Migos I understand some Migos I don't understand a lot of the Migos songs I, I do I Okay do. So uh, my choice for Lose It is Snap um, It wasn't an easy choice But it was Because I, I just feel like It had a moment It was cool It's nostalgic But I don't. I wouldn't listen to an album full of it. Not today. I wouldn't do it. I don't. Mm-mm. I'm fine. I don't. I don't have any intense desire to listen. Like it's nice. Like if I hear it in like a party or it pops up on a playlist, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. Everything you do, you think you could do it all by yourself. Snap, snap. Like it. It's cool, but I don't. I don't know if I would listen to like a full playlist or album of snap music. Oh, snap, snap music it doesn't me, throw me. Snap music reminds me of college. I can't take that away from me. <sighs> that, that was like that was that, they also call it ringtone rap. Yeah. It, it, like it was like snap music was like my whole college career. <laughs> like snap music was like okay, that. okay, that that's fair. I mean, I remember a lot of snap music from like late high school, early, early, uh, early college. But that sounds, that sounds about right. I'm time wise. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah, because I was in, I was in college from '03 to '07, yes. so it and makes I was sense. in high school from '03 to '05, and then college '05 to '07, but well, '09. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I just mm, of the of the options listed, that's the one I would get rid of. Not to say I don't like the music, not to say I wouldn't listen to it or enjoy it if it came on somewhere, but. When I'm going through my playlists and my titles looking for music, I'm I'm not going there. Like that's not where my head is. 
to go find like snap music. Like if it comes on, I'm like, oh, all right, this is cool. But I I wouldn't go there. Like if I was looking for like some rap music to like get me hype or turn me up, that wouldn't I wouldn't go there. Yeah, I I I, 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 I like they always say like the music you listen to from like a certain age. Mm. ranges like your playlist for your life Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where why that makes sense to me and like that also plays into what my lose it is because it's like i don't think i don't respect the subgenre it's just the other three were just very big Mm -hmm. in that age range i'm like i i remember every party with the i remember the parties with with that music Mm -hmm. i remember the fun with that music okay and everything um, so my loser is Drill. I know. Rest in peace to Pop Smoke. But Drill is not a fan of mine. Oh, you're not a fan of Drill, you mean? I'm not a fan of Drill music. <laughs> Don't give me that face. <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. I respect the movement greatly. I think I expect the, or respect the artists. I, I respect what they're doing. Um, I think I I wish success on them. It, I, I think I can wish success and everything, but music st- still not be for me. I can That's do fine. both. That's fine. <laughs> I can, I can, I can do both of those things. I can say this music is not for me, but I feel like I, I want you to succeed. That's fine. That's I've, fine. I've, I've done that previously. You have. You have. Um. So, like, I, I want them to succeed. I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm spit the shoes out. <laughs> I want them to succeed away from my ears. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised by your losing because whenever I put on pop soak, you just be like, "All right." Like I, I leave it on because rest in peace, and I respect the movement. I respect what he's doing. I respect the hustle. But you're not as excited about it as I am. No. I'm like, ah, oh, it's my itch. You'd be like, okay, Kristen, whenever you, whenever you're ready to just turn this. But I mean, like, I just, I just, I just don't understand how you just you just you just allow your oldness to take advantage of you in this way like that's that's what i'm talking about like i'm trying to understand i allow my oldness to take advantage of me <laughs> what's that mean like how do you hear this and not be like how do you hear this and not be ready hey hey Baby, welcome to the party. Hey. All right. <laughs> like, I just, just, it gets me. So I just don't understand how you hear it and you don't, you don't feel the same. We're just different, man. We're just I, different. I, I've been listening to hip hop for so long. <laughs> like, and it's, it's not like I'm against all new music. Some new music, I'm like, oh, okay. It's just not that one. You're becoming that guy, Mark. You're becoming that old guy that's like, you know what? Uh, I don't know what these kids are doing. I, let me get I'm, that locks I'm up. Try, let I'm, me get that locks up. You're, you're, I'm you're, trying you're not officially to turning down that avenue to I'm, being that guy. I'm, I might be turning down that avenue, and I'm trying not to. <laughs> I'm trying not to. I you know. gotta stay young and hip, Mark. I know, but can it? Can we just? Can I? Can it be? Can this be something else? Not drill. I don't. I don't feel like. I feel like it's too late for you. I feel like you've just, <laughs> you've just turned down that, like, that there's avenue. A, there's and a lot of music that I, I still listen to, such as. I, you know. You know. You know. You know what the issue is. I don't go out. I don't go to parties, and I feel like a lot of music will hit different at a party. 
That is that is true. Because I don't know. There's, like, there's, there's certain music that like I didn't like, but then at a party, I was like, okay, I do like this. Right. Like, I don't know if I would have necessarily gravitated towards drill music, but when we went to that Duce last year and the way the people was in there going up when um, Pop Smoke and um, 5 year Foreign came out, I said, well, what is this? I've got to find out more. Yes. Got to get into this, and I've been a fan of the drill music ever since. So I, you know. I have not. Yes, um, I know. You just—it's just not a wave that you've caught, which is fine. And I think that was that was mass to the point where like I was always waiting for Dipset. Yeah, you you are that old guy. You are. I love you still, forever and always. But yeah, the fact that you were the most hyped about Dipset and the locks, like that's what you was most hyped about me. While I was like, oh, they got fabulous. Oh, they got they got Fabio Foreign. Oh, you were like. I'm just here for Dipset and Locks, to be honest with you. No, I was here for D- Fabulous too. We missed him, but you know, yeah, that's what happens when you come to things late. But <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was quite hyped for Dipset and Locks. You were, you were, you were very, very excited. <laughs> I was quite like, hyped. wow, he is thrilled. Yes, he is thrilled. Oh my god! All right, so you're losing his drill. Yes, my love it. And this is a hard one. It's a tie. It's a tie. Between what? Between trap and drill. Okay. Um, it's a tie between trap and drill because uh You don't like crunk you don't like crunk. No. Okay. I like scrappy. You can have it. I'm like, oh, look at those Atlanta guys. Like, literally. That's, that's <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. I went to school in Virginia, so I, I, was, I was in the midst. Right. Like, I, was, I was in the midst of. I've never been in the midst of the South anywhere. Maybe that's, maybe that's why Snap Music, because, like, I was in that middle where, like, I got everything. Right. Like, you, you got music that the general populace heard, and then you got music that the genuine, genuine populace didn't hear. I got everything. So I, so, I, was, I was engrossed. Like, yes. Scrappy was, was big. <laughs> which scrappy, is, which, scrappy which, was big Which I'm confused by <laughs> Scrappy but and Little John was really big at that time Apparently apparently, Yeah I think because my America experience has been New York only I'm just like Okay like that really deep South like trap snap Like that snap uh, <laughs> I'm like alright whatever y'all um, Yes I, I feel like a tie for me Because my and My top two My love it's First time in Love It or Lose It history, we've got a tie. Um, trap and drill. Trap, because there's levels to traps. There's levels to trap. There's Gucci trap, which is just like really just rough gutter, like just genuine, like legit trap music. Then you got T.I., who's giving you like some rough, gritty stuff, but he's also giving you like some, I know some words, I'm erudite, I'm, I'm, I'm classing it up a little bit for you. Then you got Rick Ross giving you luxury rap. Like Rick Ross just makes you feel rich listening to it. You're just like, oh my gosh, like I feel like I'm listening to this in a fur coat and like a Birkin and and you know some Bottega Veneta's like I'm getting my life right now. Um Which I don't understand why how you equate that to drill. But go ahead. I never said it was equated. You said equal. I didn't say it was equal. I said those were tied for my lovets. I'm explaining why. Okay. Trap music for me motivates me when I need to do something and I'm slacking off. Like when I was in college, I used to put on TI albums in the computer lab and write the crap out some papers. Like I used to be out here bumping, bumping. Okay. 
And it still makes me happy, like trap music to this day. It still makes me happy. Um, Drill is, for me, my kind of new trap music in a sense. Like, it gives me the same, like, feeling of, like, it makes me happy. It makes me hype. It makes me feel, like, empowered and, like, I can do anything. And I I just like hearing... It's, like, a, it's a sound I haven't heard before. And I think that's what I also really like about it. It's, like, the novelty of it. Because, you know, Pop Smoke is probably the most... Uh, Pop Smoke and 5 Year Foreign are probably the best-known um, New York drill artist but there's so many other guys out there and you know if you put it on uh spotify or a title playlist it'll play you a whole bunch of different artists that are doing it and i mean it kind of reminds me of like of like reggae when um or dancehall where it just be like mad guys like chanting over the same beat like uh what you call it sounds very much like that but um i don't know there's just something about it that's very um Hype inducing for me, so I I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, those are my two my two uh, tied lovets. But if I had to absolutely choose one, I would probably choose trap. If I absolutely absolutely had to choose one, yeah, I have them both. Um, I think I think trap is my love it too. Mm-hmm. Um, because because what you said, like the the range mm-hmm. that trap goes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I think the range of trap, I think, is um, cool. Um, just like Young Jeezy. Mm-hmm. Like, trap Motivation um, 101. Thug Motivation. Thug Motivation, I'm yeah. sorry, 101. That was freshman year of college, riding around. Yeah, Thug Motivation was First I'm going to stack my dough, and then what? Then I'm going to stack some more, and then what? It's like, <laughs> it's like I want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she likes it. Like, oh, okay, I guess she does. All right, um, but yeah, like I think um, Trav was there, I'm but Crunk is Crunk. Yeah, um, I I think um, what Crunk is close though. Look what Virginia did to you. Look what Virginia did to me. Crunk was Crunk well, was awesome. You have to be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed. It it it, it, it made it it was cool to be unnecessarily belligerent. Mm-hmm. It was. They did make it a vibe to do that uh, for a little while. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Lil John. Yeah. Carved out a whole niche. Him and Jazzy Faye <laughs> carved out a whole niche of, of music that put a lot of artists on the map. So uh, kudos. Like, I, I appreciate the, I'm not thinking about nothing. I just want to get hype. Yes. And like, we gonna make, like Lil John was like, I'm a DJ. I like getting people hype. I realize these buzzwords get people hype. Let's do that. <laughs> he was like, yep, I'm going to do that. I'm going to say this mad hype and people are going to get hype and then we keep going. And then, and then that's what it is. I mean, all it, these it words worked. The, he was like, all these words in the middle, they're not really that important. Right. Let's just use some bud words. Let's just get hype. words, people get hype and it's good. And go. Let's just get hype. And go. And I mean, it worked. <laughs> It was. Yeah. It was effective. Yeah, like it was. It was fantastic. Indeed, 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 indeed. Word. Indeed. All right. That was our segment of love, love it, it or lose it. it. Hey, love it 
or lose it. Hey, 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 hey love it. Hey, love hey, it. Hey. Or lose ooh, 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 it. Hey, hey, hey. Ha. Okay, that song was significantly better than the others. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We've done. Okay, okay, podcast. Okay, podcast, mate. Okay. All right. If you have any questions about the Love It or Lose It, you can message us on all of the platforms saying we will get it. Word to Big Bird. The email, the social media, all of them. All the stuff. Catches. In the streets. Catches. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> Yo, podcast might be doing the absolute most. Like y'all don't understand. Like I'm just like when he take the when he takes the headphones off and we turn the mic off, Mark goes back to being normal again. But podcast Mark is he be on one. He comes here ready to. You gotta be ready to give give you all, all content and things. <sighs> so, this week's topic was inspired by um, a show on the OWN Network called Love and Marriage Huntsville. So, basically, the show follows three couples. Um, two of the couples are like uh, in-laws. Like the two brothers are married to two women, two different women, and then. The other guy is like a friend of theirs on the show. And so it's them and their wives and their kids or whatever. And one of the guys on the show, his name is Marceau. And he has a very, I guess, traditional idea of gender roles and what marriage and fatherhood look like. So, you know, he married his wife. You know, they were both pretty young, like early 20s. And I guess when they got married, the agreement was that she was going to be a stay-at-home wife. He was going to be the provider going out to, you know, catch the bacon or whatever. Um, So basically, they have three kids now that are all school-aged. And the wife, um, in the last season of the show, like their storyline kind of centered around the wife expressing a desire to go back to work. Because she's like, I have a college degree, like... The kids are all in school. Like, you know, I feel like I need to I finally have time now to do something, you know, and contribute to the household financially so you don't have to work as much. And he was kind of like, oh, you were nigging on the deal, blah, 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 blah. So um, a clip resurfaced uh, recently from the show where it was him and the two other husbands and they were talking about, you know, like their involvement with the kids. And one of the guys, uh, his name is Martel. He was like, you know, when I was a kid, my father wasn't really around. He wasn't really there for me. So now that I have children, I feel like I want to do whatever I can to be as involved in their lives as possible. So he was saying, you know, I love to pick them up from school, to take them to the activities, to go to their games, to do this, 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 and, and that and the fourth, because... I want my kids to see that their father is there for them. Like he's not just going out working and being a provider. He's also an active part of their lives. And the guy Marceau says, what do you get out of being involved in your kids' lives? Like, what does that, what does that give you? Would you, as, as a kid, would you rather someone spend time with you or would you rather someone feed you? Like, which is more important? And the two guys, the other guy, Martel and the other guy, Maurice, who was sitting there, they were like, er, what do you mean? What do you get from spending time with your kid? And so I don't know why this clip resurfaced because it was from the first season of the show, but somehow it resurfaced that people have been dragging this Marceau guy on the Internet and, you know, I've been reading the comments like I always do because I like to get, you know, like to get a pulse. 
get the temperature of the room, you know? And, you know, some of the comments were very interesting. Like some people felt like a lot of people had the the sentiment that they agreed with Martel who said, I want to be as involved with my kids as possible because I feel like that's that's what part of being a good dad is. But there were some people who felt and, and people who talked about their own childhood experiences and how involved their father was or wasn't. But then, of course, there were people who were like siding with Marceau who were like, you know, my dad went to work and he did what he had to do. He took care of us. Like, it didn't matter to me whether he spent time with us. I knew that he was working to provide. So, like, I don't see why it really matters, blah, 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 blah. And so I was telling Mark about it earlier and he was like, oh, we should talk about that as a podcast topic. So um, we kind of just want to talk about, I guess, like fatherhood, what that looks like, what the expectations of it are and like how men can do it better, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess that's, that's the way to say it. All right. Um, when I heard this, um, I I think it, it it's, it's an interesting topic because everybody's fatherhood style is different, mm-hmm. and everybody um has had a different fatherhood style growing up, and what they take from that matters. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Some people had fathers who were always working, mm-hmm. right? And they either was like, they either liked it a lot or they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people had fathers who were always home mm-hmm. or, and they liked that or didn't like it. <laughs> right. um, some people felt like father who was at home most of the time, they felt like their father was less than a father. Mm-hmm. Some people felt like people who fathers were working all the time that they were not that good of a father because they were never around. Right. So it really comes it, like it comes a lot to perspective on what your view of what fatherhood is to you. Um, me personally, I'm always very big on spending time mm-hmm. with my um, with my child. Mm-hmm. I think that that is always more important. And my perspective comes from, uh, of course, my own personal experiences, but also noticing that, like, the kid doesn't care. Like, putting food in your mouth is, like, the small thing, but that's not the same thing as living in luxury. That's not the Mm -hmm. different thing. Like, if you say food in your mouth, of course, it's going to sound crazy to say, I don't want to put food in my child's mouth. Right. But living in luxury is a little different. Right. <laughs> like luxury is a little different from putting kids, make sure your kid's not hungry. Right. Because I feel like some people have this mindset of like they're doing the kid a favor almost by going to work to feed the kid. Like I feel like that's sort of like the mind. Like they're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing this because, you know, this, you know, I'm, you know, I, 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 I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm doing you a favor by going to work and putting food on the table. And it's like, and, and that's, that's not how it works. Well, it might work with them. That's how my works with that. Like their view of what fatherhood to them is that. No, no, no. I think what I'm, what I'm saying is you willingly wearing a child into this world. You're not doing them a favor by taking care of them. You are, you are doing your duty. That's what you are supposed to do. Oh, that's what you meant. Yeah, like some yes. some people act like they're like doing the kid a favor. Like no, 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 they're not, them going to work no, no, and providing f- providing is doing the kid a favor. No, it's not and doing I'm like, them a favor. No, no, you're not doing you're, them a favor. Correct. That, that is, you're not doing them a favor. Yeah, yeah, like this is what you're supposed to do. You yes. agree to be 
You're a part of this. Yes. <laughs> at, at the minimum. Yeah. You could put some food in that kid's belly. Yeah, at the minimum. Correct. With, yeah. with that in mind, yes. What you're saying is correct. Yeah. That it is it is your duty. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was saying was um, sometimes that that you think that that's what fathers are supposed to do. That's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. Okay. Sometimes people feel like fathers are supposed to provide. That is their mm-hmm. mindset is... Mm-hmm. If something goes wrong in this family financially, it is my fault mm-hmm. solely. Yeah, <laughs> something if something happens financially in this house, it is my fault for not fitting the bill and making mm-hmm. sure everything goes right. Mm-hmm. And um, and that might be and, and it comes from a lot of things. Um, because I, I remember it, it's it's just pressure. It's, it's how you intake information coming growing up. Yeah, how you take the information from what your father tells you, how you take the information from what a lot of men tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like. If your father say your father acts a certain way, mm-hmm. if everybody who is a man or older man and you go there and they're always talking about this is how you what you how you operate, mm-hmm. um, you go to church and men say this is how you operate. You go to men's um, men's league, you go to men's ministry, you go to and, and every seminar is about men and how you provide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and a man being a part being provided and everything so it's drilled in your mind mm-hmm. i have to provide mm-hmm. that is my objective okay and everything okay. that is my number one priority mm-hmm. so if anything financial even even if some we, we like might want um our wives to work or our spouse to work i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say wives gonna say spouse i want our spouses to work we want them to do what they have to do even with that, whatever that is, we still feel as if it is our responsibility to maintain it because that's how society has told us. Mm-hmm. Society has said if something goes wrong financially, look towards men. So even if you um, we you live in a household where everything is on the same plane, you both work job, you both work equally, you both equally provide. Mm-hmm. When something goes wrong financially, society looks to you. Right. So, like, so the pressure still falls on you, yes. Society-wise, mm-hmm. regardless of how you operate, right? So, and that pressure is frustrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the pressure is like, what are you doing, right? Like, um, I, I, I remember, um, I've, I've t- spoken about this on a podcast, probably in season one, but um, how like I've had this conversation with somebody, and I was saying how, um. If my wife makes more money than me, and then it was an instance where like someone had to stay home, I would probably be the one to stay home because mm-hmm. it makes it just makes sense. And like the person I was talking to, like it was a woman, and she her brain shorted out for a second. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> "But why? I don't." She was like, and she had, she said, "I have to figure out why does that trigger me when you mm-hmm. say that." Mm-hmm. I was like, "But does it doesn't it logically make sense?" But it's just society has told you like. Regardless, no men just figure out what your what your, what your salary. <laughs> figure right. it out with what you have, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. your wife can stay at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's just it's just so many factors. And like I I know it's easy to say, oh, who cares what society says? But society is around you, so it's it's right. that pressure is right. suffocating. And and the truth is, regardless of the advances that you know women have made in the last century in terms of us going out and working and a lot of us bringing home the bacon and making more than our husband slash partner or whatever you want to call it. While all that has happened, the expectation of 
men doing certain things in the dynamic of the household hasn't changed. It just hasn't. And so, you know, the expectation is still there that men have to step up and do X, Y, Z to provide for the family. And because that expectation is still there, I feel like sometimes men feel as if if I'm doing the providing part, then I'm doing the part that society is expecting me to do. I'm doing the part that I need to do. I don't need to do any of the other parts. I, 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 some people I, feel that way. I'm not correct. saying all men. I'm saying some correct. people feel that what, way. What, what I will say is, is I feel like it's less of I don't have to do anything else, but I'm putting forth all my energy into that. Right. And society Hope. does not necessarily push the same idea about a man being a family man and spending correct. time with his kids That's and his wife in the same way that they push the narrative of man being worker provider. Correct. I I, I, I think it's like that that guy it's very special like no I'm, I'm very less very less likely a man will say that mm-hmm. but very, very most likely is a guy will feel as if I'm going to put forth all my energy to provide to make sure everything's fine mm-hmm. at home I'm going to like even if even the person who like feels that I want to be around my children they'll do that but that's not where the, the most of their energy is because mm-hmm. it feels as if like but I have to make sure this so if it's if it's be, if it's between Taking a second job to make sure everything is comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not. I'm not saying um, just to provide for like basic necessities, but just to make sure everything is comfortable. And being at home more, most guys would choose a second job to make sure things are more comfortable, because their 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 mindset is other than have my wife take a second job and do that. I'm going to put forth the effort so that if anything happens, I'm, I'm, we'll be fine. I, we don't want to feel as if that someone else has to put money in. We don't have to feel like it's, it, it's like I said, it's, it's ego. It's societal pressure. It's a lot of things, but mm-hmm. it's still a real thing. It's, it, I know people always say it doesn't matter with society, but we still live in society. We still interact with others. Right. And to say that pressures don't affect you is like, is an unreal thing. Okay. Um, I get that. I understand it. It makes sense to me. If if the expectation, especially if you are subscribed to particularly traditional ideas about, you know, marriage, partnership, whatever you want to call it, and you feel like the man should be carrying the bulk of the financial responsibility in the family, then it does make sense to me that the man would think, oh, I need to take on a second job or a third job or whatever to make sure that the family is financially secure and we're not dependent on my wife's income or some other income to make things work in this household. But I also feel like there are a lot of men who feel like because I'm doing that, that's enough my family should be grateful that I'm doing this. I don't see the importance of spending time with my family or spending time with my kids. I don't see the importance in taking a family vacation or I don't see the importance of, you know, coming to my kid's game. I don't have a problem paying for the soccer uniforms or whatever it is they need, but I have to work. So I don't see 
what difference it makes to my kid if I'm at their game or not. And I'm like, the, I, I feel like they're, there, it doesn't have to be hard and fast. Like, I feel like we have to find some kind of balance because, yes, part of being a man and being a father in our society is providing. But what is the point of making these little humans that you have no relationship with? Like, that doesn't seem weird to you that you're going to work and working and working to provide for little humans you don't know? And, and, like, and doesn't that seem crazy to you? And um, what you're saying is true. And everything you're saying is true. I guess what I'm saying is, what you're saying is from a, looking from an overall perspective, why doesn't he see it that way and everything? But the reality is, a lot of, it's, it's not even, it's not of, it's not a conscious decision. I don't want to spend time with my child. No, I'm, not, for no, some no, people it is. No, no, but I, I, I'm, I'm talking about the mess. When I say this, I'm Because I'm of the feeling that there are some men who literally have kids because they can. Correct. Not because they actually want to build any relationship, but they have this thought in their head about legacy. Like, sir, you're broke. What legacy? But they want to have they they want to have children. A because they can, because society doesn't expect them to be the primary caretakers of children. And guys have children to sort of be like. There are some, not all, but there are some men who do have children simply because it's like a, a thing to do. Correct. Like they don't and, really, they don't really want to raise children or whatever. It's just like, okay, every about everybody around me has kids. Kids make me seem more responsible. Let me have a kid. I'm like, oh, that's a terrible, and terrible I, place. And I, I agree. There are those people that are out there. There are people. That, I, I, I would never take away what people are <laughs> like, yes. like, like, like that. But I think the more mass um, concern. And I, I know I, I know this because sometimes I have that mindset and I have to figure out how to make it work mm-hmm. with the way we go. Is that when any times you feel like there's um, you're in dire straits at all mm-hmm. or you feel like where you're not supposed to be. Okay. All you feel a lot of times is that there's not enough time to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not enough time to provide. If, if there... If there I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that was like a crazy sound. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not enough time to provide. There's not enough time. Every second that I'm doing something else, I could be doing something to make my children's life better. Okay. So that is kind of with the mindset. Like, okay. I, I could be doing something to make my wife and children's life better. If I'm right. doing this, I, and like in their mindset, they're like, I could be going to this game. Mm-hmm. And be around them, mm-hmm. but I could also make my children's life better, and then later on, I'll be spend more time with my children after I've made them better. But so, see, that's so- that's the thing where that's the part where it gets lost, though, is that people don't eventually make it to the eventually I'll spend more time Correct. part. No, so you, they spend their kids' right. whole life choosing to make the money. To make them more comfortable, but never spending time with them. And so that child goes off to college or goes wherever. You've lost your opportunity now. That child has grown to resent you over the years because to them, you've never been there. No, correct. So now you're fighting when that child is like 19, 20, 21, trying to build a relationship and you can't figure out why you don't have one. No, what you're saying is correct. But I, I, I guess I, I was just trying to argue. No, the, I understand um, the point you're, I'm just you're trying making, to argue, though. Argue the intent. Yes. Not, yes. not, not the result. Yes. Yes. Because, I understand. Because a lot of times people think the intent is for that. No, the intent is I want to make my family's life better. 
Yes. And and like I, I, I've I've heard it many times. I'm just gonna do this for like five to ten years. I'm gonna go really hard. So after five to ten years, I can sp- chill out and spend more time with my children. But those five to ten years are crucial sometimes. Yes. Times. Yeah. But like it just because like Avery's gonna be three now. If you say for the next five to ten years I'm gonna be doing all of this, all of this, she's gonna be between eight and thirteen. If she feels like you ignored her for five to ten years, you cannot pop up on an eight or thirteen year old talking about, hey, wanna spend time? They're gonna be like, especially at thirteen, she's gonna be like, bye, Felicia, stranger danger. You live here, but I don't know you. And I'd be like, that's rude, but also correct. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I understand, I get it, I completely get it, but it's like you're sac, you're 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 potentially sacrificing a good relationship with your children and you're making it harder for yourself down the road because now you're going to have to find all your take all your energy fighting to have a good relationship with that child because you fundamentally broke the trust down correct somewhere and now they feel like I can't trust this person to be a consistent part of my life because what if another job or something comes up again are they going to kind of leave me for dead again that's the baggage that the kid is walking around with now as a result of of that. So I feel like I don't know how, I don't know what it looks like, <laughs> but like there needs to be like a balance in it. And I it might be like a full out societal shift that needs to happen in order for it to be more normalized that it's okay for you as a father to spend time with your kids and not feel like you're letting some part of the family's well-being fall apart because you're doing it. Correct. And, 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 and like, even when you term legacy, it makes a sense. Like, in, not in the terms of I'm going to try to do a legacy and do nothing, but even in terms of legacy, it's like I have to do all this stuff so my kids will be, be all right and they don't have to struggle. Yes. So, yes. like, you're doing this for your kids. Like, I've heard this many times. I'm doing this for my kids and my grandkids. Yeah. So that they're fine mm-hmm. after I'm gone. But are they emotionally fine? And that, is your which, kid going to therapy and unable to function in relationships with people because your lack of time with them affected their self-esteem and made them feel X, Y, Z and caused them to make certain choices? So it's like the choice has such a the choice to focus more on working and providing and less on spending time with your kids. It has such a long lasting, long lasting effect that that effect is your legacy. Not the money that you made, not the college fund that you were able to bolster. Not your legacy is that your kid is messed up because you didn't spend time with them. That's the real legacy. Correct. And like, and what you're saying is true. And I, I think that is um, where it becomes hard to communicate. Yeah, we've had this conversation with um, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like, we yeah. have, it's like th- these conversations have happened many times. Yeah. Like yeah. I've had many conversations like this with men, and it's just they're just worried about. They're, they're, like a lot of times, like I said, they're just worried about making sure they're not pro- they're providing for their children yeah. correctly. And like, it's just, it's a, becomes a big thing. Yeah. Like I get the pressure. I, I don't want to be a man. Like y'all can absolutely have that. <laughs> that is for you. Um, if reincarnation is a thing, I'm still trying to come back as a woman. Cause I think, I think it's lit. Um, y'all can have being men. Like I get, I get the pressure. I understand. Like I can't imagine how I would feel if I was, if I lived every day knowing that there was an expectation on me being male to produce something and to sustain a legion of other people outside of myself. Like, and that, that being the expectation of me from like pretty much the jump, 
Like that's a lot of pressure. I appreciate being a woman and not having to think about that. I'm not saying that women can't go out there and get it and do it for themselves, but I appreciate to some degree knowing that I don't necessarily have to. And it's fine if I say I don't want to. Because, you know, people talk, like, there's a lot of guys in our generation who talk a lot of stuff about they want women to work, blah, 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 blah. Women that don't work are lazy. But the truth is, socially, it's it's perfectly fine for a woman not to work for, for a man to do everything. But, like, but even with that, like, I've I've heard many times, and I've, I've had a conversation with you, where, like, they'll... The um that even that sentiment was like what I've seen guys but like if they might say to society and everything they want women to work what they when they say to us is like they want them to work so you can buy what you want right because we don't want to keep buying what you want right we want you <laughs> we want you to work for your pocket money which is which is I, whatever and and I know it's, it's like I remember having this conversation with somebody before way before we even met I think mm. and I was talking to somebody and there was like. When if like he was married, he was like you have married, and what you got to do is you got to have money to pay for your bills, but then you're gonna have extra money for when your wife pays the extra money, <laughs> spends money for the bills to, to to accommodate that, to accommodate the um extra money that your wife spends on other things that you you were like oh now I gotta pay for this bill, so I, I you're gonna have extra money for your wife also, because some so, somehow your money is always, your money becomes trying to mostly for the bills and for her and she has money for herself. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't make the rules. <laughs> and so it's like so it's um it was it was an interesting thing but like it just st- stuck with me and like it it kind of st- stuck with me and like how that thing move how um people feel about certain things. Mm-hmm. And everything, and I, even even now, it's still in the back of my head. Sometimes, like, oh, I gotta make sure I have extra money <laughs> just in case something happens. I know you'd be thinking about it. You'd be thinking about it. And 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 it's 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 just just like how it's just how things pressure you. Like you always gotta make sure you have money, not only for what you need, but just in case anything else happens. You gotta because if like I said, if if anything happens and we lost the place where we lived and everything, they're looking right at me. Yeah, they're looking right at me, and and also there's no services for me. <laughs> like Sorry. what? Like what? What would happen is they would be like, "All right, we'll take the we'll take um you and Avery, and then you need to go find something to do. <laughs> you need to go find something. To do. I'm sorry. You 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 have a place to you like you. There's a lot of services for you and Avery. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> but it's it's, it's real because like no, you, you got you got to work. Like so you can find services. I'm not saying that it's um equal. This this, this before before I continue this, I'm not saying that it's makes it means it's easier for women. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's easier for kids. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying is in terms of um public services specifically, there are more services for women. Yeah. Than for men. That's a whole setup, but we, we we can go down that rabbit hole another day. Um, yeah, but like back to the whole thing with the father, I just I, the thing that kept sticking out to me is him saying, "What do you get out of spending time with your kids?" Like, what do you mean? People don't categorize emotional health or social health as valid. And like like I said, we, we had a conversation with the barber, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like people don't people don't put that high up at all. Financial. Oh, this is what I want to say before mm-hmm. they people put financial health. So a lot strongly, especially when you were without. 
Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you were without um, growing up, they put financial health as the big thing. Like, I don't want to be without. I don't want my kids to be without. So finances will help us be without. And that was that, that, that would solve the problems that I had growing up because I didn't have the finances for it. Right, right. And so I think I, the guy who said it, I, I feel like I got to look look into his background or something he said on the show, but he may have grown up like with pretty humble Correct. Humble uh, beginnings. So like when you, when, when people, sometimes when people grow up that way, they're like, all right, I don't want my kids to go through this at all. And they think the problem was strictly a financial standpoint. Because I didn't have finances, that's what the problem was. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure I had the finances because that would solve that problem. They can solve everything else. Right. But I need to solve the finance problem so they can so they can succeed with, um, with at least the money in their pocket and they can right. work on everything else. People are like... And that, that that that's something that does happen a lot with um, black men specifically. Mm-hmm. If um if if you've grown up with humble beginnings, yeah, is that you um you feel as if I need to work on the finances so that my child has to go to that, and financial health is more important than anything else. Financial health is number one. If you focus on your financial health and everything else, y'all y'all can figure everything else out. Right. But you're not you're you're not going to tell me that you don't have. You don't you you're struggling financially, right? You tell you tell me everything else, great, but you you are financial, struggling financially because even even when we see like um on TV and they talk about like guys talking about like yeah he's like yeah but did, did you eat every day? Like they'll say that yeah like you, you ate every day right? So it's like with um some sometimes like children they don't see that they're, they're, they're not, they're not going to see of course you working every day and why you are doing it. There's like you're just not there. Yeah, they just know that you're not there. Yes, that's that's all they know. That's all they take away from it is that you're not there. You're never there. And to me, I feel like if a father is absent, that's one thing. If he just ain't there, that's one thing. But if there's a dude that you see every day, but he's not active in your life, that's worse than just being absent. And I feel like that hurts kids more than a guy like people who, who grew up and didn't have their father in the household. They're like, yeah, like I knew him. He wasn't there. It was what it was. But like people who are like, yeah, my dad came home every day and he just sat in his chair with his beer and his big piece of chicken. And that was it. It's just like he might as well not have been there. Like, so I feel like, yeah, he went out, he worked, he paid the bills, he did this, he did that. But it's like he didn't interact with with the kids. The kids, they're just like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. He sits in the chair in the living room and he watches TV with his beer. It's like. Yeah, okay. Like, I feel like that builds resentment, too, from the child. Because they're like, you come here, you see me, we barely say two words. You don't come to any of my games. You don't participate in any of my activities. You don't do any of that. Why are you here? So, you know, it it's like, I, again, I get all of the you got to provide, you got to this, you got to that. But it's like a lot of things, you know, adults think kids don't pick up on or have feelings about or think about and maybe even the kid doesn't know at the time that this is something that really bothers them that deeply and that's why I said again like people are worried about financial health and legacy and all of that but like the real legacy is the mental health issues and the and the emotional problems that the person spends the rest of their life trying to unpack because of the lack of interaction that they felt like they experienced, like with their father. But and, and so, 
and and this goes back to once again why I say like financial issue. It's 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 a weird, it's a hard thing to do because like what you're saying is correct. Um, we have to build emotional health, social health, and everything with our children mm-hmm. also. But where, how does legacy form in terms of, like, how does wealth, like, wealth a lot of times comes from hard work initially and then later on, or building hard, like, if I wanted to, if, for instance, let's let's say I wanted to get to the point where I wanted to be multimillionaire so that Avery and everything from there, Mm. outside of winning the lottery, outside of, um, somehow investing in Apple before Apple blew up <laughs> or mm. if I, something, like something like that, it comes with a lot of work. Yes, yes. Right? So how, and it's... <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm saying there, there, I feel like there is a balance. Yes, there is a lot of work, but I feel like there are little things that you can do to make your child feel like you see them and that Correct. they matter to you. I get it. I, like, I get, like, you know, Steve Jobs might not... I heard Steve Jobs was an awful father. Um, in terms... Because he worked so hard, he wasn't really with his kids. But it's like, you know, you can find a weekend in a whole year. In 52 weekends, you can find a weekend... Correct. ...to spend with your child solely Correct. where it's just about them, where you can just connect with them and... Like, it can be done. People make it seem like, oh, I'm working, working, working. There's no, no, no I'm, time. I'm not saying it can be but done. But it, it can be done. But, like, people feel like they can opt out of doing it. I, I get it. Like, and sometimes it's, you get caught up in it. I get it. You get caught up in it. So I feel like there, it. it can be done. And, and, and there's a limit. And you should have a goal in mind. Like, you, exactly. should, you shouldn't be like... Like, like your it, child you shouldn't feel be... like an afterthought to your work. Correct. Like they should feel like, okay, yes, I get that daddy's working, blah, 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 blah. But I know that once a month, every, every, every month, once a month, we get to do something that's just me and daddy. Daddy takes me to the park or to the ice cream store or we have something. Because like as you get older and you're not working anymore, the truth is those kids that you've neglected are going to be the ones responsible for your care. Correct. And they might put you behind in a nursing home. Because the truth is, if you spent 30, 40 years just working, working, working and never paying any attention to them, they don't have no emotional attachment to you. They don't have no connection to you. They don't feel like, oh, he's going to move in with me. No, they'll put you right in a nursing home and pay the bill. Because, yes, you've left them the legacy of money. So, yeah, they got the money to pay for the nursing home bill every month, but you can't come live with them. They won't take you in their home and take care of you themselves because they feel like you weren't there. They don't have a, a, a relationship, a bond with you. And, you know, I think our generation and the generations of kids coming up after us, they don't have the same level of, like, loyalty. And I don't know if loyalty is the right word, but they don't have the same sense of, of duty, that other generations before us did. Like other generations, even if their parents were trash, they still were like, that's my mother, that's my father, I'm going to do whatever, whatever. Our generation and the ones behind us, they don't care. They're like, yes, that was my mother and father. Yes, they were trash. They can go to the nursing home. I'm not bringing them in my house. I'm not, like, I think our generation and the ones behind us are, are so much more, like, aware and taking ownership of 
our mental health, our peace, our all of that. That we're not going to put ourselves in a situation with a parent who like neglected us and wasn't there for us to our emotional detriment. We will just be like, you can go on down to Shady Pines um, and I'll pay the bill. I'll give Shady Pines their money every month, but I'm not full out line with you like that. I'm just not. So I think while it is important to, you know, make sure that your family's financially stable, make sure that, you know, your family's taken care of, like it does doing that doesn't excuse you nope. from your duty as a father. And I think that's where some people get it twisted. They feel like because I'm doing this, this excuses me from being a present father. Like, I believe that you can absolutely be a present father and be a provider. Both things can happen Correct. at the same time. It's possible. But Correct. some people kind of take it like, if I'm a present father, I can't work like that. Or if I work like that, I can't be a present father. It's not an either or. Both things can happen at the same time. Correct. I, 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 do, I do agree that, like, sometimes people get caught up in the pressure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people get too caught up in... Um, Fighting to get finances and forget what they're financing for. Right. Right. So, so I, I I agree that does occur. Yeah. Um, I just I just wanted to um I think the topic was important because I think um I don't think um with most men I'm not gonna say all mm-hmm. the intentions aren't really I don't want to spend time with my family. Right. The intentions are. I just, I want to make sure that my family is fine. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I completely get where the challenge is for black men, particularly because, you know, with slavery and everything that happened with that, like black men have been traditionally separated from their families. And even, you know, when you mentioned about like the services, like there's, there's something about black men being separated from their families. That's been very intentional for a very long time. And I think that, because of, you know, the racial climate where we live, that's always kind of been there, you know, black men in previous generations may have felt like I have to do what I have to do to provide for my family. I give that my all and I don't have nothing else for you. That's all I got. I don't have nothing else for you. All I got is what I can bring to the table. All I got is my check. I like, it reminds me of, um, what's that movie? Fences with Denzel Washington and Viola. And, you know, how like, you know, the son, the son basically felt like the father was always hard on him, never really connected with him, never really spent time with him. And the kid was like, you know, I feel like you don't like me. Like, why are you like this to me? And he and, you know, Denzel character was like, don't I go to work every day and don't I feed you? Don't I do this? Everything I do is to make sure that you and your mother are okay. Um as a black man, I don't have a lot in this world, but like I tried to do my best by y'all, and I feel like that that thought that, process that, guides a lot of it's it's a, it's a lot. It's a, that's what like a lot of people feel. It's yes. like like I'm doing my I'm doing my hardest just to provide for you. Yes, like I'm going now, out into now, a world that that is hard on me because of the color of my skin and the history of this country to do my best by you. And like and like some people like they go through a lot emotionally at work so they go through a lot of emotion at work whether it's um changing how they talk changing how they feel like it's Mm -hmm. just it's just a lot of effort just to put forth a certain way at work emotion and everything deal with a lot of work yeah and then they come home they're kind of like yeah like they don't have anything left to give i i just want to just be here right (laughs) like right and 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 which, which is which is why like i think we had a conversation before like some guys are like this is not right, <laughs> but guys feel like why 
I go through all this at work and I come home and I'm not at peace at home. Right. <laughs> I understand. So it's like I get I'm it. like where, where where am I getting peace then? Where where are the peace I am where is the peace I'm going right. to get now? Now that I've I'm doing this at here, I'm doing like where where am I going to be relaxed now? Right. I understand. I understand. And so this is where I think, you know, the onus needs to be on men if you feel like you're in that type of situation where like you're going out here into this cold, hard world in this really tough situation, working to provide for your family. And you feel like when you get home, you don't have anything to give to your family. And you just feel like your wife and kids are complaining that you're never spending any time with them, but you've had this hard time at work. You, that's when I feel like you need to take the onus on yourself to do some type of therapy and counseling to try to figure out how you can be more emotionally available to your family. Like you can't just decide, well, okay, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep paying these bills. I'm going to just tune out whatever they're saying. Like the reason you don't have peace in your family is because you're not paying attention and trying to address the issues that your family's trying to tell you that and, they're having. And just, and just counting the, um, the, the, what they're going through as frivolous. Right. So it, you have to, as the man, take the onus on yourself and say, you know what? I need to get some kind of help professionally, pastorally, whatever the case is, to get me to a place where this feels more balanced for me. Because your wife can't do it. Your kids can't do it. You kind of have to be the one to recognize that there is something a little wrong with the dynamic and make the efforts to fix it. Because if you're, it's all for naught if at the end of the day, your wife and family are tired of you. Mm -hmm. it, it really is all for naught. If you're going to work and struggling and going through all this and doing all this, if the people that you're doing it for are just like, oh, here go this guy. Like, what's it for? Mm -hmm. What's it for? If your kids, when you come in the door, they just be like, oh. But like, I feel, I feel like that even that happens. A lot of guys are like, they'll figure it out. They'll, they'll know what I, I, I think a lot of people in general are kind of like, they'll, they'll see what um, I provide at a later time. Nope, they never do. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. The reality is that they might, because like the reason why I say that, because like they might. I'm not saying they might feel the same way you feel, mm. but but also it comes down to like not talking, because mm. like he doesn't express that. Yeah, I'm doing all this. Like I think that that that's right. Because I've had conversations with friends whose like fathers were like there but absent, like in the sense of they were in the house but they weren't really a part of anything. And they don't see it that way. They don't see it as, oh, he was working to provide for us. He was, they just see it as he never wanted to spend any time with me or get to know me or get involved in any of the things that I was interested in. That's how they take it. And so it's like, I agree with you. If you're not communicating and sort of making the effort to make sure that you're spending quality time with your kids and that they also understand the point of what your work is, no matter what you think you've done, their perspective is going to be, he never spent time with me. He wasn't there, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're like, you know, in your 50s, 60s, trying to talk to your 20 something year old child and they just giving you the, mm -hmm. they come to the house and they talk to their mama all day. When they come over for Thanksgiving, mama, mama, hey dad. And that's all they got for you for the whole Thanksgiving. Like you got to figure out you got to figure out what's happening there because you've contributed, you've done something Correct. that's contributed to that in some way. So it's like, I, I hope that we can break that cycle of, um, 
of 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 children growing up and feeling that way about their parents. Like I like parenting is not an easy thing. And there are many things that we're going to do as parents that our kids will not necessarily agree with or like or feel positive about. But I think ultimately we have to. At least for ourselves, try to do things differently than what we've experienced if if we did, in fact, experience the types of fathers that weren't really emotionally connected to us or weren't really there, I feel like we have to be, our generation of fathers needs to be more intentional about um, connecting with our kids because if we don't do right by these kids, these kids is going to put us in shady pines. That's, that's the the (laughs) straight up truth. These kids don't have no kind of time. They will absolutely put us in shady pines to pay the bill and call it a day. That's what, like, (laughs) Like, I've had people my age say to me, they're like, listen, I don't really fool a lot with my dad like that, my parents like that. If they get sick, they're going to the home. I'm not bringing them to my house. I'm not not doing any of that. They can go to the home. I'll pay. I'll make sure nobody's abusing them over there, but they're not coming to my house. Because that's how little of a relationship they felt they had right. over the years. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, we we have to be conscious about that and do our best to to break that cycle. Yeah, and we're not saying just treat your kids right, kids right, so they won't put you in shitty binds. But just it saying, is a very important motivator. No, we're, we're saying <laughs> you, you probably just, just do it because you care about your kids. Just do it because you should. Because you care. Because you care. Yes. Yes, because you care, because you love them, and so you don't get put in shady pines. That's all. That's right. All right. Can, can you move on, please? Yes, let's move on. All right. So, um, yes, we welcome your thoughts about this. Um, you know, comment, you know, on the socials. Um, on our website, text us, call us. Like we would love to continue the conversation about this because it's a very nuanced conversation. And I'm sure there are other bits of this that we'll probably think about afterwards and continue talking about. But yeah, we just wanted to kind of have this conversation like on air so that we could kind of get the get the wheels turning. Word. Thank you, Marceau from um, Love and Marriage Huntsville for inspiring us because I don't like you at all. But you give us good content here. So whoop. All right. Up next is our Artist Spotlight. Okay. My breath, my breath. You know, <laughs> I didn't take a big enough breath before I started. So, yeah. I was like, how long can Mark hold out? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Artist Spotlight. This week's Artist Spotlight. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that Mark is the reason I even know about this person. It's his fault. So just want to say that publicly. His name is Rumor. And it's spelled R-M-R. Rumor. Um, Rumor. No vowels. He was born in 1996 in Atlanta, Georgia. He is secretive about his life. He always wears a mask. Like Lake Kelly. Always wears a mask. He wears a mask. And his mask has like a gold cross on it and then other things on it. Um, Other adornments. Adornments. You turned um, your phone down. I did. Okay. Uh, so it was, he was a uh, he. A lot of people knew him from his. Um, he put out a video. Um, with to the beat of Rascal, Rascal from a beat from Rascal Flats, a country music. Um, Which is black music anyway, high key. Yeah. Um, and it was a song he called they called Rascal. And in which he um he is singing on the song, 
And in the video is a bunch of dudes with guns and AK-47s. Yeah, yeah. When Mark showed um, me the video, I'll, I said, "What? what is this? I'll play, this is not the song we're going to do, but this is basically the um, song so you have an idea of what, if you might have heard it before. This is the edited version, of course. Mark. I wish there was video so people could see how you're going in right now. Now I'm flexing in a race. Now I'm flexing in a race. They hating on me too. Are you done? Every slip I sign Got it to where I am Broke my heart They became that scam I'm sorry And this is what I go through <laughs> I need people to understand Mark and I went to the supermarket one day Earlier this summer And Mark decided to turn this song on and sing it at the loudest volume possible <laughs> in the car before getting out to go inside of the Trader Joe's. And a Trader Joe's enjoy, employee walked by and they just looked in the car and I was just like, oh my God, I'm so, <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> so embarrassed. Oh my God. Mm. Woman that broke my heart. They became that scam. And the word that Mark is bleeping out is uh, the plural of the garden tool. Um, who are now scammers. I don't see why they're mutually exclusive. I believe someone can be a garden tool once, and not scam. Once they have broken my heart, they become garden, garden tools, tools that scam. scam. <laughs> that is what happens. I feel like scammers don't have to be garden tools necessarily. Uh, you know, whatever. Whatever. That's a lot once, of bitterness Once they there. have broken my heart, that's, that's a bar of that bitterness. Is, that, is, that is who they are now. That's a bar of bitterness, uh, okay? <laughs> a bar of bitterness. Um, but yes, that, that, um, there's, his song came out... Um, was it and, earlier this year? Uh, it, was like Febr- year? it was like February. Okay. Of this year. But um, he released album, like he used an album called Drug Dealing is a Lost Art. That's the name of why his album. I, why am I not surprised by that being the name? It is a lost art. I don't know what you want me to do. Um... I mean, people still drug deal to this day. There are people drug dealing at this very moment. So how how exactly is it? Because it's not done correctly now. Okay. I don't know much about (laughs) drug dealing, so I'll take that. I don't know. I know people are doing it, but I don't know anything about the procedures and the policies that they enact while doing it. So perhaps this young man has a different perspective that I do not. On a positive note, he was a panel member on A View from the Frontline, an introspective panel discussion hosted by one of his labels, Warner Warner Records. Um, it was moderated by Gail Mitchell, um, who's the executive director of hip hop for Billboard. Okay. The panel included artists involved in the George Floyd protest. So he's part of that panel. Okay. Um, but like, I I guess he, like people compared to Lil Nas X because of his country but he, he's vibe? he's okay. not the same as Blue but it's, still, it's totally he's, not the same. He's no. not the same at all. Not at all. The only only similar is his country influences. The country influence, but it's totally but not. I'll take you he, down he's, to the old town road. He's not Lunatics. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. He is not. Um, 
But he's he's great. You can find one on there. The song I really wanted to play um, is. Thank God it wasn't the one you were playing before. I love that song. You I don't do. know why. You're, you, you're, do. you are a hater. No, I I am a person who loves you and wants you to be better, but you choose this. Anyway, so <laughs> look, 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 drug dealing the lost art. You can find them on the uh, on the titles on the Spotify's on Apple Music's RMR. Um, the song I'm going to play now is called "I'm Not Over You." Okay. By is this another Rem- bar of bitterness. <sighs> That is I'm Not Over You by Rumor, produced by Timbaland. Oh, I did Pre- not know that. You hear them drums? That's Timbaland drums all day. Sure. I, I Yeah. Those are Timbaland drums. Gonna be honest, I was kind of like, okay. Yeah, Timbaland produced that one. Um, I remember um, Timbaland brought him into the studio after <laughs> um, the song Rumor, um, Rascal, took off. Ah, okay. Went to the studio. Oh, okay. 
All right, I see Timberland capitalizing. Yep. I see you capitalizing on the op. I see you. I see you, sir. Word, word, word. Once again, that is rumor. R M R. That's how you spell it. No I think vowels. his Instagram is what rumor. Oh. Okay. Um, and then he, he has he has that one. What rumor? Another one. Um, but yeah, look at what it's awesome. Yes, Mark is a huge fan. It's very random. He doesn't like drill music, but he likes this for some reason. It is not. Um, it is not the same. I'm just saying you you do. I'm just using the words that you use. You said you like that, but didn't like that. So I'm just trying to get some clarification. That's not even the same thing. That's it. I, listen, I said I said what I said. I made the comparison I wanted to make, mm-hmm. and that was it. Word. Word. So uh, let us move on to our other topics. This week in random. Yeah. So, um, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. Um, Sorry, that was really loud. I yes, yes, it was. <laughs> I heard it reverberate in my ear. I was like, <laughs> oh. Sorry. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, the Brandy and Monica versus. So the first thing I want to say is, like I told y'all, Brandy won. Um, it was interesting. I don't know if you got to see any of it. I know I watched it. I don't know if you got to catch any of it. I didn't. I still got to watch it. I still didn't watch it. I didn't watch yeah. It. I mean, it was a, a good battle. Um, I think it was the biggest versus battle they've had uh, to date. They said it was going to be, but yeah, and it makes sense. Like I think it was something like six million impressions or some some crazy number like that. I got to look it up. I uh, guess, I guess they're the most widespread audience. Yes, because well, I don't know. No, I, I I would think that Teddy Riley, but I guess because of the um sound, it would get. The, if Teddy Riley did it without with a better sound, it might have been a different. Yeah, it, it might have been the same because the pe- people were tuned in for that one. Yeah. yeah, but I think people, because the sound was bad, people backed out. Yes. Uh, but, Brandy you know, versus Monica had 5 million impressions. Oh, 6 million in total uh, tuned in uh, to watch between Apple Music, uh, the Instagram. Um, and, and also, I, I, th- I think it's not fair because when Teddy Riley did, there was only Instagram. There was only Instagram, yes. Yes, now they have Apple Music. So yes. I guess it's it. that's why it's the biggest one. But yeah, I, I get it. Um, it was apparently like a very, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a challenging one to coordinate because I think one of them, and I want to say Monica, if I'm lying, I apologize. Um, Monica was kind of hesitant about doing the verses. I feel like I read that somewhere. Um, I don't know why, uh, but cause I think her and Brandy have like real beef, like, I thought it was just like an industry, like label design beef for the boy is mine. And maybe it started that way, but it seems like it has like spanned over the course of their lives into like a real issue between the two of them. And the energy, if you watch the verses, the energy was weird between the two of them. I love Brandy. Brandy is like my, my idea of, a totally awkward but incredibly talented artist. Like Brandy is so awkward and so like she's just she's just so normal. <laughs> like she like for Brandy to be as big a star as she is, the fact that she still acts like so like goofy and and awkward and like somewhat insecure about her voice. And we just like, sis, you're you. You can outsing several of these girls. What do you mean, Brandy? 
what do you mean? But she's like, you know, I didn't really like how it sounded. I, like, Brandy, it's perfection. Like, shut your mouth. But, like, I get it. We all have our things. Um, and Monica, on the other hand, was a lot more, like, like, she didn't give a lot of personality. Like, she was just kind of, like, like, you could tell that she was holding back. Like, she wasn't giving it her all. And, you know, I know that Brandy is the supremely more um, media trained and um, and top version in the scenario. But I just felt like, you know, both of y'all is in y'all 40s. Like whatever issue y'all may have had, like should be resolved by now. Yes. And it they I think they mentioned in the conversation while they were on the verses that they had like a come to Jesus moment and now they're cool. And I saw like some behind the scenes clips where they were being like friendly with one another or whatever. But like a lot of the interactions seemed like it was more Brandy being the friendly one and Monica kind of being still kind of laid back and reserved. And people were like, well, you know, Monica's from Atlanta. You know, Atlanta girls don't really be doing that much, whatever, whatever. My whole my takeaway from it was like whatever issue they have, Brandy's over it. Brandy doesn't care about it anymore. Monica, who I believe is a Scorpio, may still not have let that go. Monica may still be a little bit in her feelings about the situation. I was um looking. I was like, I realized that I forgot. Well, I probably got promoted really quickly, but they did another song. Yes, apparently. They did another song. I'm like, whatever. So part of my thing was, A, I expected them to sing more. Brandy did sing quite a bit. She harmonized over her own songs. She harmonized over Brand uh, Monica's songs. Uh, she sang a little bit of Change Is Gonna Come. Like, I got my life with singing Brandy. Monica didn't come to do any of that. Nobody told Monica that she was expected to sing. Like, she literally did not want to sing anything. Like, every time Brandy would try to get her to, like, sing along or participate in something, she would just be like, just holding the mic looking like, girl, I'm not going to do that. And then at the end, when they closed out with um, The Boy Is Mine, like, they were supposed to, like, live perform it or at least sing it together and Brand and Monica acted like she didn't know the words like her mic wasn't working like she just came off very like she didn't want to be there like that's that's how the overall energy came off she just came off like she didn't want to be there um I will say Monica had a lot more hits than I remembered and I think I understood after watching the verses why people were saying oh they felt like Monica would blow Brandy out of the water Brandy's career a lot of her most popular songs were at the beginning of her career. Like the stuff that people are like, yes, God, like sitting up in my room. I want to be down. Like those songs are from years ago, like at the beginning of her career. Monica has put out songs that are more impactful now to people's to people's lives. Brandy is like the... You know, for some people, depending on how old you were when you were listening to Brandy for the first time, for a lot of people... Brandy is like the high school, college, middle school age range for them. Monica's put out more like grown woman music. And as they have grown and lived life and experienced things, Monica's music is more on the, Monica's more popular music, I should say, is more on the, well, all of Monica's music, because I feel like Monica always has that, has had that grown kind of persona. So Monica's music has kind of more of that adult woman feel to it and people relate to like so gone and makings of you and um um what's that other song uh 
the one she did with Keisha Cole that she played. Uh, I think it's called Trust. So as a grown woman who's lived life a little bit, I could see how you relate more to Monica. And so I, I kind of understood why people were saying that um, Monica would win. And I think there are people who think Monica won, but I guess it, it's based on your perspective. I think Brandy won because I like Brandy better. And um, Brandy's very nostalgic for me. Um, Monica has like, you know, some songs from like back in the day, like Angel of Mine and stuff like that. But I'm like, Overall, Brandy to me is who I feel more connected with. And so that's who I um who I was backing for the verses. Um their outfits were interesting, both of them. Um I think Monica's was cute from far away, but then when you saw it up close, it was like, well, okay. And then Brandy was giving me a boho chic look. And um I was watching this YouTuber and they gave a very interesting critique of Brandy. And I had to agree with it because there was a point in the verses where Monica played some song. I can't remember what. And Monica said something like, Ooh, that's the song that makes you feel good and grown. And Grandy was like, what do you mean by grown? And Monica kind of had to explain like what she meant, like, you know, feeling womanly, whatever. And then there was another moment where um, Monica played the song side sideline who um, as part of her, as part of the battle. And, Monica was trying to get Brandy to um, harmonize the whole part of the song with her. And Brandy was like, Sarai, who's her daughter, cover your ears, cover your ears. And she was acting like ridiculous over the use of the word ho. I'm like, Brandy, you are 42. Like, are we still trying to do this? I'm innocent, pretty, uh, 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 perfect girl thing. Are we still doing that, Brandy? You are 41, 42 years old. Like, stop it. Cut it out. There's no, you don't have to do this. You are a grown woman with an 18-year-old daughter. Your 18-year-old daughter has heard and probably used the word ho before. I'm just going to be honest with you. So it was just like the way she was acting, it was like, girl, what's happening here? And this YouTuber said, you know, the problem with Brandy is we not sure who Brandy is. Her personality, we, we, not, we not clear about. I feel like, you know, that's a valid argument. Like, I feel like people like Monica as a person more because Monica has been the same chick since she came out. She'd been married a few times, had some kids, but Monica has been the same girl. Like you, you, you know who Monica is as a personality outside of being a singer. Brandy. I, I, I still don't know. Like she seems like a really cool, chill person, but it seems like, you know, every time she comes out, it's like a different, a different persona. So we're not 100% sure which one is her. And I was like, that's a valid point. I could see that's I could see part of why people feel the hesitancy about Brandy that they do. I mean, I still stand by her being the better singer and being the winner of the verses, but yeah, that was that was my thought on that. Word. Um the next thing I want to talk about, um so I was reading the news the other day on my phone and an article popped up and it said Hold on, I'm trying to find it right now. It said, pilot reports man flying a jetpack above Los Angeles. And I thought this was going to be like an Onion article or like some foolishness, because why would a man be in a jetpack flying in commercial airspace? That sounds crazy. Um, so I clicked on it and it took me to CNN, which is apparently a reputable um, news reporting source. Because I absolutely thought this was some troll, some troll nonsense. And apparently uh, a JetBlue flight was landing at LAX 
And the pilot reported that uh, he saw a man flying on a jetpack. I said, what? Hmm? A man on a jetpack? Like, what do you mean? I had to Google a jetpack just to make sure that I understood what the person was saying. Because what I see in my head is a jetpack and what they saw. I said, no, that can't be what it is. I Googled it, found out that what I thought it was was correct and was like, wow. So people was like, oh, Elon Musk out here wilding again. Um, <laughs> the The official story, quote unquote, is that the military was doing some type of testing and they had a, a, a mannequin with a jetpack on. I'm like, all right, y'all. That doesn't sound better either, just just to be clear. At least it's not actually human trying to die. I would be freaked out as the pilot. I look over and just see what looks like a human on a jetpack up in the air with me. Like, I would be like, what the? Girl, I flew around and crashed the jet. <laughs> that would scare me to death. Can you imagine being a passenger on a plane and looking over and just seeing what looks like a human with a jetpack on next to your window? Like, I would lose it. I'm sorry. A man flying. So it wasn't on a jetpack. It was him on a drone, apparently. Something. The, 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 the guy, the person who reported it, the pilot called it a jetpack. And that's what CL, uh, CNN uh, report said. That was their headline. Yeah. But I'm still like. So, it, it, like, I guess military trying to find ways to, like, carry people on drones. I, wow. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's 2020, so anything can happen. Yeah. I don't think anything is surprising news anymore. It's just kind of like, okay, so this is what we're doing now. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. This is what we're doing now. Got you. So um, this is another thing that popped up in my uh, my news this week. So I don't know if you guys remember this story. And I think we talked about it on a podcast uh, in a previous season. Um, Monique, the comedian, has been kind of going back and forth with Hollywood for like the last two years. Um, because, you know, Netflix offered her a special for like 500 grand and she was like, but that's not what you paid this person, this person, and this person. I'm an Oscar winner. I've done this. I've done that. I deserve more. And, you know, there were people on various sides of the aisle saying Monisha just took the money. Other people saying, nah, she, she should stand up for what she believes in, whatever. So she filed a suit against Netflix for, um, discrimination. And this week, a federal judge agreed that Netflix did in fact exhibit some kind of racial discrimination um, and the case is going forward. So I'm happy for Monique because I feel like it validates the point that she was trying to make because I think, you know, I remember when she went on the Steve Harvey show and Steve Harvey was trying to tell her, it kind of ties into our fatherhood conversation, funnily enough, Steve Harvey was trying to tell her, you know, I have a family I have to provide for. I have a legacy that I have to leave. And so I have to play the game in Hollywood a certain way. And, you know, as a father, this, 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 and this. And so... Please, no you, conversation last week. Yeah. You have to um, play the game the same way um, if you want to move forward. And Monique no. was like, no, I don't. No. Like, I don't. He Like, that plays in our conversation last week when mm. I was saying, because Steve Harvey... And Terry Crews mm-hmm. play the game. Yeah. They play the game to get what they need to get. Mm-hmm. Monique is not one who will. Yeah. Um, the report and, said... And, oh, and, 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 um, like, and like, it's been a lot of little things coming out with Netflix. Makes me realize that they're a little trash. Yeah. Um, the most recent one was um, Michaela Cole. Who? Michaela, Michaela Cole. Yes, Michaela Cole. What did you say before, Makala? 
I said Makalo. I said Because, like, sometimes when I say words, I'm visualizing in my mind, not really thinking about what the actual name is. Okay. So I'm visualizing their name, the words, and saying it as I'm visualizing it, I'm not like, thinking about the name. Makalo, child? I yeah. I, I do okay. that sometimes, and that's why it messes me up. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm looking at the, the letters, the letters? Like the name. Okay. I'm not looking at the person, look at the letters. And okay. I'm trying to say it with letters. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's that's what messes me up sometimes with, like, words. Because I'm trying to, like, I like I don't know the person, what the, what the word is. It's like a little, look at the letters and try to do it from there. That's um, but that's I do that sometimes. It's a strategy. It's a strategy. Yes, but it it doesn't work like like now. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so she um was trying to. She wrote, "I may destroy you." It was already written. Mm-hmm. It was already done. Yeah. She brought it to Netflix. Netflix was like, "Okay, you can do this," but um. And she was like, but can I own like 10%? They was like, nah. Get this money. And I said, she was like, but like, can I get like 5%? He was like, nah. She was like, but can I get like, can I get like 1% ownage? They're like, nah. She's like, can I get 0.1% ownage? And they was like, nah. He was like, yo, son. She was like, well, I'm taking my talents to HBO. So she went to HBO and she got this. She was like, she was like, and the, like Netflix was making her feel like she was crazy for wanting, a, for wanting to own a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty much. Netflix apparently be pulling it. Um, the judge, uh, whose name is Andre, Andre Barate Jr., stated, Monique plausi- plausibly alleges that after she spoke out and called her initial offer, offer discriminatory, Netflix re- retaliated against her by shutting down its standard practice of negotiating in good faith that typically results in increased monetary compensation beyond the opening offer and denying her increased compensation as a result. Um, the suit says that Netflix offered her the sum of 500000 to do a one-hour comedy special, yet she complains that the price is a substantial difference from the multi-million dollar deals it has given to some of her counterparts like Jerry Seinfeld, Amy Schumer, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and Ellen DeGeneres. Um, she's suing for damages and also race and gender discrimination. The judge also said... While Netflix argues that the novelty of Monique's claim in the absence of on-point legal authority should bar her retaliation claims outright, the court disagrees. So, um... You said her retaliation should bar her claims? Um, Netflix feels that, um... Her claim is, like, just... It's, like, the first time somebody's made a claim like that against them, so it's new, and, um, there is no, like, legal precedent for what she's saying, that it should like eliminate her claims of because retaliation outright, but the court is saying, nah, we don't agree. So they're saying that it should be illegal because it's never happened to somebody else. Yeah, basically, she doesn't have a case because it's never happened to anybody else. That's not how racism works. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just I don't I don't do I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a racism expert. I'm just trying to take what those people said. That's what it, that's what the articles say. So I'm reading I'm reading what they said. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I've got. Um, so the court, the uh, Supreme Court feels like Monique has a case going forward and, you know, hand claps to her for, um, moving forward because I think, you know, Monique probably felt like she was going crazy at what point because there were so many people who were telling her, girl, you wildin', you should have took that money. Like, you know, Steve Harvey and Charlemagne and other like influential black people. We're basically telling her, 
just shut up and take the money. But that, that's and also- make a, and I'm sure she must have felt at some point like, oh my god, did I make a mistake? Am I crazy? Did I do the wrong thing? So I'm glad that she's getting some validation um, in this respect from the Supreme Court. But those, but even but, if she but, doesn't win, at least she has the validation of knowing that it was my claim, claim had some merit. Yeah, like it's um, and but like look at the people who are saying it though, the people who play the game. Yeah, yeah, and like they 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 always that's try. A, that's a point. That's they, a point. People who never want to rub people the wrong way, so like they never fight for anything. That that's that is a point. That is a point. Yeah, people people who own things, people who fight for things, it's. Well, especially with black people, like there's people who will go for everything, yeah, and just do what they can to validate, and then people who don't, yeah, yeah, that that is a point. You're correct because all the names I named are people who, who are that kind of person. Um, excuse me. Moving on to shenanigans because that's that's where we're going from here. The next two things we about to talk about is straight Earth shenanigans 2020 edition. Um. So John Gray, Pastor John Gray, I think we've spoken about him on the podcast before. Um, he, I think we talked about him like last week or a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We were saying positive things about him, uh, about him, you know, having money to purchase things because he has outside things, uh, outside deals. Um, apparently he also has outside women again. Um, so I think last year he was caught cheating. Um, he claimed it was an emotional affair and he did like a whole press one with his wife where they called the woman, uh, a Jezebel spirit and a strange woman. And they put scripture on her. That's a whole nother conversation about when you say I put scripture on her, it sounds like, you know, the witchcraft that you claim you don't practice, but cause that's a very strange thing to say. That's very strange wording. I put scripture on her, mm-hmm. but you know, we can talk about that at another time. Um, so essentially he was caught cheating Again, um, the side chick released videos, um, a video of him FaceTiming her um, saying that um, he uh, he uh, he was talking about the wife and how she don't cook and, you know, telling the side chick to get on the private jet to go to Cabo and this, that, the third and the fourth. And, you know, he he uh, did a sermon uh, this past week where he basically, quote unquote, apologized and said, you know, I'm working on myself. I'm going to therapy. You know, I'm just a man. I'm just human, blah, 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 blah. And at what point are you just going to say, I need to sit down and stop being a pastor? Because obviously, I don't have it together. Twice in two years, you've been uh, caught up in cheating allegations twice in two years. You've had to cheating, get up and apologize to us. And not just cheating, but talking crazy about your wife. And talking crazy about your wife. Like, it's not like you got caught cheating 10 years ago and then it pops up again. Bruh, you never stopped cheating. Between last year and this year, you never stopped. You just found another woman and kept it going. Because with the last woman, I think he he had the woman like staying in the hotel room, uh, like a floor underneath the floor him and his wife was staying at. Like you, you are just a trash human being. Like, how can you claim to be a man of God, to be a pastor, to be a spiritual leader to anybody when you're doing this? Like and I'm not saying that, you know, Donnie McClurkin said it best. We fall down, but we get up. Um, but you have to, <clears throat> you got to do a full change in what you do. Right. You have to like step back and change. Like, like Tyler Tribble went through it. Yeah. He was, he was like, oh, it's crazy. 
His entire like, trip shut his behind it, up for a little while. You you hear him for a little bit. Yeah, for a good like, two, three like, years, it was radio silence on time. He, he cut his hair. Yeah, he 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 he, he, he did the work, as Yonla would say. He did the work. He cut he cut his hair. I haven't so, heard a cheating rumor since. Okay. He did what he had to do to like, all right, let me just clean up. Yes. Get myself together. Right. Fire all these people. Yeah. <laughs> he fired his whole whole choir, like, oh y'all gotta go. Like, dude, we just starting over. Clean slate. <laughs> that shit's way. Let's try that way. Let's start over. <laughs> And, you know, because before that, I didn't like Ty Tribbett at all. Like, Mark would be like, oh, yeah, it's lit. And I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't take him because he's doing a lot of talking and judging. This is how you know when people don't be living right. When they got all this judging to do about what everybody else is doing. What are you doing? That's my question now. When I hear a gospel artist or a preacher like, and you need to stop doing this and you need to stop doing that and this and this. I'm like, so what are you doing? That's what I want to know now. Because you have way too much energy to be condemning or talk about what other people are doing. What is it that you're doing? Because I remember like a couple years ago, John Gray was basically like trying to trash black women and be like, oh, well, the reason that y'all not wives is because y'all operating in a girlfriend spirit. I'm like, so what spirit is your wife operating in if you keep cheating on her? I need answers. Like, help me help me to understand, because this is the second time in two years that you've had to go on an apology tour to explain why you are the way you are like sir at some point if you are having a real relationship with god and you actually talk to god and god talks back to you at no point has god told you to sit down and repent and do the work to get yourself together so that you can be an upright leader before his people like i cannot imagine anybody is taking anything that this man says seriously because he is an unrepentant cheater like bro Twice in two years? You done embarrassed your wife and your kids twice in two years? Bruh, come on. Come on. Like, you, you, gotta, you gotta cut it out. You gotta cut it out. And, this, and I feel like this also ties back into the conversation we had um, when we were going through that um, thing from the heretics, uh, the, your favorite heretics. It's like, John Gray out here talking about women need to keep themselves pure because, you know, they're operating in a girl's friend spirit and not a wife's spirit and this and that and this and that. But you get to just be out here swinging your Johnson every which way. And nothing happens to you. Nobody's rebuked you. Nobody's flat out said T.D. Jakes ain't come to you and said, John, you need to sit down. Where are your spiritual leaders? Where are the people around you to say, bro, you are wrong. You need to go and sit down somewhere. I know that there are plenty of pastors and preachers who cheat all the time people cheat people are human they do it i get it they either do a better job of keeping it out of the public eye or they sit down when they find out or when it comes out that that's what they've been doing the fact that you will continue to try to be a legit pastor and be in somebody's face talking about living right and blah 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 when there is literal evidence that you are doing the opposite of what you're preaching i'm like what's happening here this is why Christianity is a joke to people. Stuff like this. Because how can someone take it seriously when there is a person who is doing something that we consider to be sin and no one's checking them for it and they're just being allowed to continue going on like nothing's happening? This is why I, um, I always say that popularity is like a drug. Oh, sure is. Because like it, it infects people. Popularity mm-hmm. infects people. Um, I, I, I don't like fame. I don't want it. Because <laughs> it, 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 like I, I've, I could see like how it just infects people's thought pattern. How like the world works. They think like they become the exception. 
Um, especially in terms of Christianity, like there's been plays about it and stuff like that, but it's real where it's like you're in popularity, so you feel as if like I'm doing this work for God so it can justify this. Yeah. I'm doing all this stuff so it oh justify this. I, I can do this. I can, I can at least do this because I'm doing this at least. Look at all the stuff from all the stuff I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Look at all the people who came to came to Christ last week. Mm-hmm. So this is not a big thing because of this. Right. And like and it's popularity is, is a fame fame specifically. Yeah. Is is sickening. It is. It's it's, it's a I hope his wife leaves him because, girl, you don't have to be with no man that then cheated on you twice publicly. You you are better than that. Jesus don't want that for your life. I promise you. You should break up with him and let him go on and be his little cheating. And then you know what be getting me? John, looking like how John Gray looks, he's got some nerve. He has got some absolute nerve. That man is built like Johnny Bravo. Big on the top, small on the bottom. He is absolutely skip leg day, but want to be sitting up here cheating on this lady, this nice lady. That has his two kids. If men don't have nothing else, it'd be the audacity. I swear for God. If they don't have nothing else, it'd be like you look like that and think that you can just be out here cheating and, and, and talking on FaceTime crazy about her. Sir, she looks good. She can bag another man that don't look like you. I wish I would let a bad body man like that treat me that way. I wouldn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Jesus didn't die for me to let a bad body man be cheating on me publicly and talking trash about me to the side chick in front of my child. Nah, nah. She need to beat his behind and then leave. File for divorce, sis. File for divorce. Divorce. And he also needs to sit down for like a smooth year and um, really get right with himself before um, he gets up to preach in front of somebody again. He's had a very interesting year, I have to say. He is going through a very interesting humbling process because between the scandal with the church that he just went over there and took over and all of that financial malfeasance and now all of this, like, I hope he's paying attention and realizes there's some things he got to turn around about himself and his life if he's ever going to be anything. But also the response... He, he's, he, like... When you see certain things happen and certain things happen, it, it shows you like, all right, I need to start cutting back on something. Something I'm not cutting out mm-hmm. It's something that's creating There's something this. I need to change. Yeah, there's something you need to outright change before it gets worse. And yeah. it's, it's gotten worse, but it's, yeah. it, can, it, can, it can always get worse. It can always get worse. And so I'm it's just a, it's like... It's something you're not doing. You're not cutting out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, the people it's, around him, the people who are his spiritual leaders, they really need to keep it a buck with him. And not let the desire to make money or whatever the case is overshadow the fact that this man needs some serious help. Because if this is the se- I keep saying it, but like the second time in two years you've been caught in the same situation. Like, come on, man. Come on. You have a problem of some kind. Right. Um, final foolery thing for the week. So, um. Rachel Doljal is a very 2000... When did Rachel Doljal become a thing? Like 2015, 2016? And I thought that as a people, we were kind of past that. Um, Imagine my surprise upon discovering this week that we are, in fact, not past that. um, Because there's another Rachel Doljal out there. So there's this young lady. um, 2015. 2015, that's what I thought. Rachel Doljal. So I thought it's been five years. I thought we were past white people pretending to be black or Latina or anything other than white. I thought we were past that. So, you know, 2020 is like the year of surprises. Anything can happen. So apparently um, this woman, her name 
is Jessica Krug. Uh, she exposed herself this week as being a fraud racially. She's a professor of African American studies. Um, I forget what school. Um, but she's originally from Kansas. She's a Jewish woman and um at Columbian College in um where is that? Uh Columbian College part of uh George Washington University, yeah, I, I believe. Say, yes. 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 And so she was a student, a professor there of African American studies. And she came out on Twitter, I believe, and posted a whole thing about how she has been pretending to be a woman of color for all these years because she, you know, she just wanted to, you know, have a have the experience and, you know, whatever the case is, um, basically cosplaying being a person of color. She she she, she basically was telling everybody she was a Bronx born yes. West Indian American. Yes, a Bronx-born West Indian American. Um, her Instagram name, I think, was Jess Jess La, bon- La Jess La Bombera, and she was, you know, on panels, giving talks, speaking on um, Black issues and people of color issues, and so on and so forth. And she and she's from she's Jewish from Kansas City. That's that's what I said. Not not nowhere near the Bronx. <laughs> not nowhere. <laughs> And also, I'm not saying West Indians don't bring live in the Bronx, but if you were trying to make that narrative about being, I guess that's why you chose the Bronx. Because if you said Brooklyn, it would have taken about three phone calls and that whole storyline would have fallen to pieces. <laughs> that whole storyline would have fell apart. So was, I felt like the Bronx was a safe story to tell. Yeah. Because West Indians be out there, but not like in the manner of Brooklyn where it'd be like, oh, you know what? No, we, she's not with anybody here. We don't know her. We, that, call, that phone call line across Brooklyn will go very quickly. Whole storyline falls apart. So apparently what happened was there were some grad students, I think, in the program who had some questions about what she was saying and how she was presenting herself. So, you know, all it takes is one curious mind to start, you know, pulling at the strings before the whole thing falls apart. So basically she was about to be exposed by two graduate students um, at the school she teaches at. Um, and so she decided to get ahead of the story and, um, and say, Hey, I was fronting. I've been pretending whatever the case is. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Like really lady? Uh, apparently her sister-in-law believed she was black. They found out by the media by the stories that were being written, that she is, in fact, not black. Her sister-in-law who? The like, sister-in-law. I guess she is married. Oh, okay. Her, she's she's married it. to um, she's married to um, this Jessica Krug's brother. And. Isn't her Jessica Krug's brother? Wait, it doesn't, no, that doesn't make any sense. It makes more sense. She, she's, she's the sister of her husband. It makes more sense. Her husband means it makes more sense of being the sister of her husband than the... No, I think she's saying she was surprised that she was lying about being black. Oh, okay. Yes. That's what it is. Sorry. She was surprised that she was lying about being black. Because she's I'm like... like why, why wouldn't she... I'm like, she's married to her brother. Why, why would she Yeah, not, not that she was surprised that she wasn't black. I'm sorry. It was that she was surprised that she was lying about being black. Because she's like, I'm married to your brother and he's very white. So I don't know why you're, why you're telling people that. Like, I'm confused. So she was like, uh, what... What, 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 what? So, yeah, she, 
So the university canceled the classes that she was supposed to teach. Um, uh, you know, I guess she, apparently she didn't go to her own mother's funeral to avoid, you know, the whole, oh, you white, white storyline coming out because, you know, people take pictures and things. Um, I don't know if the college has fired her yet, but they have actually canceled whatever classes that she was supposed to be set to teach. No, they resigned her tenure professorship. Oh, they did? Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm just like, lady, like, what are you doing? Like, you went to school and got a PhD and did the work to teach at George Washington University, which is a very um, um, esteemed institution. Like The reason why I don't you like... You didn't have to do all of this. You could the, have just been truthful. The reason why I don't like it, because I feel like her and Richard Dolezal... We're just profiting off of blackness. Yes. They're yes. profiting the most off of blackness without having the struggle of blackness. And I think that's that's always been a problem. It's just like they're they're profiting off, they're getting the um insights, they're, they're being shown as they're they're getting the brotherhood, they're getting they're getting like a lot of profits off of being black. Yeah. With with none of the negatives. Yeah, and I mean she was out here writing whole books about mm-hmm. black people that was being nominated for prizes. Yes, because she knows that she did that any other way, they would be like, no. So it's just like, just... And, you know, I've heard people say that they have a problem with um, non-black people in African-American studies, PhD programs and stuff like that. And when I first heard it, I was kind of like, eh. But now that I see that people can take the information they learn in these PhD programs and then decide, I'm going to just pretend to be a black person... I, I now see what the hesitation is. I get it. Because at first I was like, but I mean, anyone can learn the information. Like, what's the big deal? But I'm like, you literally took your educational experience and decided I'm going to form an identity, a professional identity out of that. It's like mind blowing to me. Like the confidence of whiteness, I just will never, ever, ever con- compute in my mind. Like to just pretend to be a whole nother race, like and then people will try to tell me that white privilege is not a thing. White privilege is a thing. Because you can be white and say, I'm going to pretend to be another race and make my whole career off of being another race. And the real gag is, if those students hadn't seen something and been like, let me start poking the bear and see what happens, she would have continued to do this. If, the, if those students hadn't decided... Something don't seem right about this. Let me do a little investigation. She would have been right down to George Washington teaching him classes this fall. So I'm just like, yo. Apparently there was somebody else too. Another person? Yes, but like they it didn't come Jesus. out to till after he died this 420 this year. Who? Who was um, this other person? His name is Herman Glancaro. I feel like I've heard that name. And apparently he adopted his identity. He, he, he claimed to have been a Cuban immigrant who left Cuba with his yes, family. Yes, I remember hearing seven. about this guy. Yes. And after he died, it was like, we're from Cuba. <laughs> Sir, you from Cleveland, Ohio. Cut, cut it. Yes. Cut it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like apparently. Hi, <sighs> Dios mio. He, he was actually African-American, but he kept acting like he was Cuban. Still problematic. Like, yes. There's nothing wrong with just being black. Like, that's fine. When you're yeah. actually black. Yeah, he was African-American. He was like, I'm Cuban. I left when I was seven. It's like, sir, who told you that? Who said that? Who, who told you that story? Like, like no, I think you're African-American. No, I'm Cuban. I'm Cuban. 
But like just looking at this lady, what kind I I know several West Indians and we come in all shapes and sizes. I don't know one West Indian that looks like her. Not one. Who But are, like but like it, it it's one thing like the the problem is is like it's weird to question it though. If someone says it you're like I guess yeah, like like even if you question it in your mind, very few people are just you're not really from there. Like, no, very few people actually go up and say Because why like, would someone lie about that? Correct. That's what I'm saying. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a weird thing to, like, lie about. So right. Like, it's like Richard Dolls, though. Like, even if someone was like, it was like, but why would someone do that? So I just move on. <laughs> like, it's it's not really something that someone would just lie about. I'm West Indian from Bronx. <sighs> Jesus. Apparently, she's also claimed multiple identities throughout her life. She said that she was Black American. She said that she's North African. Um, she says she's Puerto Rican. Um, <sighs> sis, like I just don't. I don't get it. Like that's mental illness for you to just dead be out here acting like you're a bunch of different races other than the one you were born, and like just the fact that she made a legitimate academic career. And was invited to speak on panels and wrote books and articles and published stuff. Like, it's just my mind is blown. Like, I can't even imagine. Just just stop. Just stop. Just be white. It's fine. It's okay. You can do that. It's totally fine. You don't have to pretend to be another race to be relevant. And my whole thing is, my problem is that she took the space that a person who was legitimately black or Latina could have had teaching from a perspective of being of that ethnicity and that background, but she inserted herself into the space and inadvertently, or cause I don't know if she did it intentionally, she wanted to be down. So she inserted herself in a space that she probably would not have been invited to otherwise and removed the opportunity from someone who was of those communities who could have contributed a more authentic perspective to the situation. And I'm just like, you work all your life to end up like this. Like, you did all that to th- for this? Like, come on. Come on. When Ro- Rachel Dolezal's story came out, that should have been a hint to you to be like, you know what, let me just fade to black now. Let me just fade to black now while, you know, while things are cute and no one has anything to say. <laughs> so um, you didn't do that, and here we are. Sorry to you, sis. I hope you'll learn. And you won't, you'll, just, you'll just be your regular self going forward. Um, yeah. Um... So moving on from the foolery. So some new music came out this week. New music, new music, new music, new music. Ha! Yes. New so music. Big Sean put out a new album. Detroit 2. Detroit 2. I haven't listened to it all the way yet, but the track listing looks amazing. And I can't wait to like give it a full thorough listen. But the few songs I've heard on it so far, I do like. Um, Drake put out a song, a pop star, a couple of weeks ago. You finally did the video. And I guess because Drake couldn't leave the country to go do shoot the video. And he mentioned Justin Bieber's name in the song. Justin Bieber did the video where he basically like lip synced whatever Drake was saying. It was very cute. I was like, when did Justin Bieber get all these tattoos? Like, what's, what's happening? What, what happened to the sweet little boy with the bowl cut? What happened? Duke, Duke dropped the album, too. I'm not. I'm not doing. I'm not even acknowledging that. I'm moving on. Um, That's what it is. It's called Duke. Yes, Mark listens to Joe Button a lot, and they call him Duke. So I saw it when I scrolled through my title, and I wasn't going to bring it up. Um, If you know, you know. SZA and Ty Dolla Sign put out a song. Um, I listened to it the other day. 
Um, the name is escaping me, but I'm gonna tell y'all right now what it's called. Um, hit different. Hit different. I was like, it's a term that we use, but I couldn't think what it is. I I thought SZA's vocal cords were like severely damaged because I know she had done something a while back. Uh, she was over overusing her her vocal cords, and I think she had to have surgery. And they were saying they weren't sure if she was gonna be able to like sing the same. But you know, sounds pretty good from what I heard. Um, I like the song. Um, Another song that came through my playlist. I don't know if it's new or not, but this is my first time Which one? hearing it. Um, it's a song, Fabulous and A Boogie with the yeah, hoodie. That with DJ Envy. And DJ Envy. Uh, that Sitting in my car. Sitting in my car. I like that song as well. Um, Fabulous always gives me bars. And I like how he just be sneaking them on these wrong, on these random, um, on these random songs. Because like there's a song he has on one of Jim Jones albums and it's like, Barring me to death, and I love everything about it. Um, Apparently, they used to have beef at one point. Fabulous and A Boogie. No, Jimmy Jones. Jim Jones and, and like, um, so like that was kind of like a good thing to. Are we coming it. back together? Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, the Locks and DMX put out a, a video that me and Mark watched with a great deal of glee. <laughs> Not um, glee. <laughs> glee. Okay, I I realized that you know. I am a, I'm a I'm a real lover of DMX. I really do. I really do enjoy him. There's something about him that just like he's just kept that same energy his whole career. Like you can call him all types of crackheads, cokeheads, whatever you want, but that man has been the same Earl Simmons the whole time. He ain't never changed up. Like we were watching the um the Chronicles thing which we have to finish and it wasn't until one of the um the Rough Riders uh founders mentioned it but it was like, yeah, you saw DMX was never that guy that wore jewelry and, and you know, had extra stuff. Like, he was never that guy. And he and was, was always like, by himself. I was like, you're right. You're right. Like, DMX ain't never, like, with the exception of, like, you know, movies or videos and stuff like that where he was, like, doing something. Like, he never was just, like, one of them rappers that went around with, like, big, big gold chains. And DMX never looked like he actually made money from his rap career. <laughs> like. <laughs> he was mad chill. He, he was always by himself. He, like. I think Rough Riders had a crew, but most times he's by himself. Yeah, like I'm like, who are DMX's industry friends? <laughs> like, who who can I like? Outside I can't definitively say outside of Rough Riders. Yeah, like who can I definitively say like that is DMX's man's? That's his friend. Like who? Like, because he knew the locks from before. Yes. There, were, there were like three kids growing up. Yeah, three yeah. kids growing up. So he knew the locks. Yeah, from before. Like he was. Um, yeah, those are those he, are his he, Yonkers. Yonkers. Yonkers Chester dudes, people. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like. I didn't think about it until he said it, but like the video is a lot of fun. You should watch it. Um, just just watching, you know, these guys that you know are or have been in the past uh, involved in some some shaky business. You know, <laughs> not just, shaky business. I mean, I don't I don't want to speak on those men's lives, so I'm gonna just say shaky business. Um, just seeing them like still being able to like rap and give like a good energetic vibe in a video like it was just really nice to see and the video was very well shot i have to say the quality of it was was quite nice so um yeah get into it that's that's what we had on the agenda is there anything else you wanted to um highlight any other music or any other topics anything else i gotta listen to this and i get back to you yeah there's um there's a song called good morning apparently it's black thought push your t swiss beats and killer mike and it sounds exciting i'd like to know more that sounds exciting to me. I would like to know more. So, yes, maybe we'll talk about that next podcast. <laughs> that sounds quite exciting. It is. There, what song were you playing the other day that Black Thought was on? It was something you were Fight playing. Fight the Power. 
Okay, yeah. The Higher Power from the um, BET Awards. They uh, released it as an actual single. Gotcha. Or title. Gotcha. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. Gotcha. All right, y'all. Um, I think we're going to pack this thing up because we are at two hours and seven minutes. Um, so we're just going to we're gonna wrap this thing up because I didn't intend to be here this long. We had a lot to talk about. It was a great conversation, but we're going to wrap it up. So we love you. We thank you for listening. We appreciate y'all. Uh, have a great have a great week, man. Enjoy Until yourself. Until next time, we, we bid, bid you, you adieu. adieu. Ah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, all love, oh, no fear podcast.